They follow me. Curious. Interested. What they don't know is that this communion is a lie. I am not their herd mate. I am a pig farmer. And sometime soon, I'm going to have them killed. I really love being around these incredible animals. I feel an obligation to give them the best life that I can. After 10 years of looking into thousands of pig eyes, I've come to understand that they're never vacant. There's always somebody looking back at me. I've taken 2,000 pigs to the slaughterhouse, and I've become haunted by the ghosts of those pigs. I don't want to have power to decide whether something lives or dies anymore. He is one of the last pigs that I will ever have slaughtered. Hi everyone, Robbie here from Plant Based News. We're super excited to introduce you to Alison Argo. Alison is the director of The Last Pig, which is a brilliant film that came out recently. And we are gonna chat about the film, talk about animals, talk about pigs, and really kind of go behind the scenes about how the film was made and talk about the farmer who, who's really the central character of the story. So Alison, welcome. Thank you, thanks for having me. And hello everybody out there at, at Plant Based News. Thanks for, thanks for being here and for caring. So tell us a little bit about how you got into filmmaking and, and why a film like this matters so much. Um, I It was really a passion for gorillas. Um, I, I started, this was, you know, again, decades ago, over, you know, 30 years ago, um, Diane Fossey was out in the wild and, and her reports were coming in about these incredible um, beings that we had so misunderstood you know we've learned that oh they're vegetarians they live in family groups blah 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 and at the same time my then husband and I would go we traveled a lot through our work and so we'd we'd go to the local zoos wherever we were because we developed a fascination for gorillas and and a real passion for I guess compassion for them and realized that the quality of care that they were giving was really were given was really inconsistent and um in many cases, uh, well, the ultimate was when I met a gorilla named Ivan who was living in a shopping mall in Washington State in the U.S. And he was a full-grown silverback gorilla living basically in a concrete box. And it was so horrifying to me that we knew so much about them and that this was still okay and perfectly legal. So that's when I decided to make my first film called, and it was called The Urban Gorilla. And um, it took me, I knew nothing about filmmaking, so it took me 
three years to make it. And in the end, I wasn't able to get funding for it, but I, you know, I kept plodding ahead because I really was passionate about the, the subject matter. And I thought, if I can reach one person and change them, then I will have, it's worth the time. And um, so it ended up, I ended up um, getting it onto National Geographic and it won lots of awards because I think partially because it was fueled by passion, but also I didn't know the status quo. I didn't know how a film was supposed to be made. And so I came up with something different that um, they were certainly ready for. And I think the audiences were ready for it. So that was my first film. And after that, um, I was really lucky to be invited to make other films. Um, 90% of them were my ideas, you know, things that I was always about, always about wildlife or, you know, other beings. And this, The Last Pig is my first film that deals with farmed animals or, or you know, uh, non-humans that are caught in the farming industry. And I, I was lo I've long been concerned about their plight, but I didn't feel that the world necessarily needed more undercover footage. And so the right story hadn't, yeah, I just hadn't figured out how to make a film. And I wanted to make a film that would be accessible and not repugnant, I guess, wouldn't scare away a broader audience that, you know, I could maybe pull in a broader audience to consider the plight of, of um, non-human animals in the farming industry. And so a friend of mine sent me a link. She's not a filmmaker, but she sent me a link to some pieces that Bob Comas had written and they'd been published on the Huffington Post. And I thought sort of begrudgingly, well, I'll, I'll check this out. Um, and within, you know, two sentences, I was in tears because he's, he was so open about his, um, his dilemma and his crisis of conscience. You know, here I am, I love pigs. <laughs> I've, I've learned, I've grown to love them. I've been, I've been living with them for 10 years. And one day a week, I take eight pigs to the slaughterhouse. How do I justify this? Especially when I know we don't need them to survive. We don't need to eat pig. And um, so I finally got up the nerve to, to contact him and I spoke with him on the phone and he was, he was, reluctant to consider a documentary but I finally said could could I come up and bring the cinematographer who I think would be really excellent for this film could we come and meet you now, you know you're not you're under no obligation you can tell us to get lost it's fine and he finally said yes and we sat out and talked and it was just wonderful you know we were all very closely aligned in what we believe in and so we had to start shooting right away because he was starting his journey, basically. So the film itself, like, how long did it take to produce, and 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 did you have to have a big team, and how how did it all happen? We had the opposite of a big team. We um, it was myself and Joe, and Bob, and Bob's dog Monk and the pigs, and that was <laughs> that was it because we had zero funding because the story was already starting to unfold. We just had to, you know, jump in the field, into the field without any funding. Not, I don't know that I could have found any funding uh, ahead of time anyhow. But, but basically, Joe and I worked for a year, almost a year shooting. And I, I wanted to um, follow the story 
through the seasons, which happened to be the natural progression of the story anyhow, because the last of his pigs were going to be, I hate to even say this, slaughter weight um, in the winter. And that would be the last of the pigs to ever be on his farm. And so we would meet, um, we'd drive to the farm and we were there for a week, once a month. And um, you're right that the, the film that I set out to make was, it really is just one person's story. That's it. It is unador un unadorned. Uh, I didn't want to comment on it. Um, obviously, there's no narration. It is just all the film asks of the viewer is that you, you know, give yourself to this story for 55 minutes. You can walk away however you want. You can think whatever you want. You can eat whatever you want. But just just go on this journey. And there's, a, I think because Bob is so willing to be, um, to expose his um, not so attractive sides. I mean, the sides of himself that he's not happy with, his imperfections. I mean, he's, he's very open in the film. And I think because he is, I think it encourages any viewer to be the same with, with her or his self as well. It encourages us to like reflect on ourselves, look at our darker sides, look at, you know, are we living up to who, who we think we are? I always ask our viewers on, when we talk about these topics of animals and ethics, I always say, I always pose the question, do you think that human beings are born with compassion or do you think we learn it? I think it's, I think it's innate and I think we can unlearn it. I think, I think there are some, you know, maybe um, people with some mental imbalances that maybe were not born with it innately. But I, I do think if you, if you show a very, very young child an animal in need, I think that, you know, the, the instinct, the natural instinct is to help that. What was it like working with Bob generally? So obviously he was a farmer. Um, you were a lot, you're a long time vegetarian. How is it being there and working through that process with him and sort of being a part of the process? Because obviously it was, you know, even though the, obviously the story is about this man changing, but you must have witnessed that emergence of him as a person. Um, he, he already had done a lot of the work and he already was at a point where he was like, I, I, I just don't want to do this anymore. I don't know how to get out of it. And um, so during the course of our filming, um, he was making calls to um, um, sanctuaries to try to see if he could place his pigs um, and save their lives. It um, The hardest thing for me um, was to, you know, taking the pigs to slaughter, seeing the pigs go to slaughter was just soul crushing. Um, and, you know, I, I've said, and I do believe I will never be the same having, having been part of that. That's what's so interesting, isn't it? So fascinating. You know, um, vegans are 1% of the population, vegetarians maybe 5 or, or 6%, maybe more. But every human being, a nine out of 10 human beings, potentially, and I'm just guessing there, if you showed them slaughterhouse footage, if you took them into a slaughterhouse, if you showed them an animal being killed or you asked them to kill an animal, 
Most human beings couldn't stomach it. They can't deal with the blood. They don't want to hear the screaming. I mean, the sound of the pigs being gassed or, um, uh, you know, being slaughtered, to me, the sound is what gets me more than anything else because it sounds like human beings. It sounds like you can hear the pain, you can hear the suffering, you can hear the fear. It's recognizable. It's, you yeah, can identify with fear. that. Yeah. And, and that's what's so incredible about, about this transformation that people go through. They go from a place of consuming meat every day, three times a day, seven days a week, and then suddenly they get this new information and something shifts in their minds and all of a sudden they are completely different. And that's what's so fascinating. But with the film, like, what's the number one thing you wanted people to take away from this film after seeing it? Like, what, what did you hope that people... What one thing did you think people should get? Or I want people to connect pigs that you know the pigs that they they see that they live with in the film um that these are just wonderful young young beings i mean they're just babies when they're taken to slaughter and i you know i want people to have compassion to develop to gain a compassion for them as individuals during the film but i also i think the main thing is i want people to be accountable for people to be inspired to be accountable for everything, all of their actions. And so when they go, you know, pick up a package of hot dogs, I want people to say, oh, God, that that was a pig. Because not, not everyone, uh, even though slaughterhouse footage can be effective, a lot of people refuse to watch it. And a lot mm-hmm. of people will not see suffering and won't do not want to expose themselves to that kind of suffering because they know how they will react to it or they... they they have an idea they have a an innate um intuition as to how their mind and how they they will they as a person will react to it and i think that's why the last pig is so good because it 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 invites people in to question without them having to witness um trauma when it comes to getting people to engage in our content i mean do you as a filmmaker have you got any advice because obviously we have lots of people who are on our channel who are activists and filmmakers and editors have you got any tips on how to tell how do you create that arc how do you create that storyline that is engaging that draws people in have you got any advice on that mm, what a great question i think all filmmakers or most filmmakers have a different style and different approach and i think i think what's wonderful is is you throw all of us together and we're all going to reach different people in different ways and so there's a there's a need for everyone and every everybody's style, every style of storytelling. Um, mine have really individualized um, different beings within the story. Like I, I mentioned um, Ivan, the gorilla who lived in a shopping mall. I mean, he was an absolute individual. But The Last Pig, part of Bob's story is that he talked about how you know, when there were few pigs on the farm, he named them, he got to know them, they were personalized, person, they had personalities. And then when it became 250, which is nothing, by the way, compared to a factory farm, um, they became, it was like he lived in a sea of pigs. It became a matter of pigness instead. And, um, and so it sort of went against my instincts, which would be to pick some individuals out of the, the herds of pigs. Um, but I felt I wanted to be true to Bob's story, and I think it did work. But I, I do think it helps people if you can identify, if people can identify with a certain individual pig and a, a, or, or individual 
chicken or gorilla or whatever it is you're speaking, whoever you're speaking out for. I think my other advice would be don't feel like you have to um, do it the way it's been done before. Find your own voice because we need everybody's voice. Absolutely. What a great answer. <laughs> oh, yeah, good. So filmmaking has been your passion for some 30 years. Why did you choose that and not something else? Why did you, why was that your number one passion? Mm. Well, I, I grew up in the theater. My parents had a little summer stock theater on, on Cape Cod on the east coast of the U.S. And um, so I, I went into the sort of most obvious profession, which was acting. And I, I believe, I didn't grow up around other animals, other beings. We had a family dog, which I don't think was treated that well. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like my father was a veterinarian or my mother, you know, was a game warden or something. Um, I really hadn't. I didn't have any exposure, but what I did have exposure to was telling stories in a compassionate way because, you know, we were performing Tennessee Williams and Ibsen and, you know, these Inge, William Inge, these wonderful storytellers were coming to life on the stage every night. And, you know, as a child, I'd be up in the balcony just absorbing all of this great way of telling stories and compassionate uh, characters and, or, um, amazing protagonists, you know, in the under, I, I became really concerned about the underdog. Yeah, I think it was a natural evolution for me. Uh, I, I went into acting professionally and there was something that I, I was not fulfilling for me. I, I started, I started on the stage and then I, I did some plays on Broadway and then I moved to LA and was doing more and more television movies and, um, but I ended up uh, spending a lot of time in motorhomes and trailers waiting to be called onto the set. And it was a very dis sort of disjointed experience for me. And at the same time, I became really interested in and passionate about the welfare of gorillas. And so I think I found my underdog uh, and I became, I guess, an activist and, and the way the obvious road for me to become an activist was through the medium of, of film and television because that's kind of where I where I had evolved to. And I think it is one of our, our most effective. I mean I think I think obviously writing you know journalistic pieces are really important, but my God, you reach so many people through um, through this medium of 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 filmmaking, of television, of YouTube videos. Um, and and I will say that I became totally addicted because the gorilla that I referred to, Ivan, who was living in a shopping mall, as a result of the film, um, there was a huge public outcry. I mean, it, it basically fanned the, the flames that were already starting to smolder about this poor, you know, gorilla living in isolation, hadn't seen the sun for 30 years. Um, and the the store went bankrupt, and and Ivan was gotten out of there as a I mean, really as a result of the film. And so, when I saw, you know, that wow, you you can make a difference, you can have a tangible impact. There was no turning back for me. It was like, who else needs my help? And so, I'm just always I always have my ear to the ground for, you know, what what situation exists that needs somebody to shine a light on it um and obviously 
animals in in the factory farming um, world just you know we can't get to their aid fast enough they are the ones that suffer the most absolutely billions of 50 plus billion land animals a year isn't it that humans kill and consume what a great um, opportunity to speak to you and I really really appreciate it um, I guess the f final question is you know where where next what what's what's on your what's on the cards for the future of your of your work oh I you know I am so uh, I'm buried in a sea of pigs currently I'm swimming in a sea of pigs because um, because I made the film independently um, I'm also distributing it independently which is really exciting it's uh, it's a grassroots effort at this point so obviously i'm going to get this baby i'm going to get this pig to fly as high as it can and reach as many people as it can um so i'm going to be tied up with that for a while but i i do have some other ideas that are percolating and a lot of times i do feel like my films find me it's like somebody comes and just you know whacks me on the side of the head and says come on this is what you need to do yet. And so there are a couple that are sort of pulling at my conscious conscience. So how can people get in touch with you and find out more about the film? Go to thelastpig.com and um, check out our website. And there's a, uh, you know, up, there's a contact us page. And, and please send us a note. If you want to organize a screening, we can make that happen. We have a wonderful group called Veg Fund, a nonprofit that's underwriting the screenings. And so the, the, um, the screening fees, we get a little fee from each time the film is screened. And that keeps our office running so that, so that we can keep getting the film out there. So um, we would love for you. Also visit the Facebook page, which is The Last Pig and um, like us always helps uh, but we would be thrilled to help um, organize a screening also we have a page that lists all the screenings that are upcoming so you could maybe find one that's in your community and keep your eyes out I mean obviously the goal is ultimately to it will be on Netflix and and iTunes and we'll be selling DVDs but um, for now it's it's a really intimate wonderful experience to screen the film in your community or university and the discussions afterwards with the Q&A are absolutely life-changing. It's a great opportunity. Sounds incredible. Alison, Argo, thank you so much for joining us on Plant-Based News. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you with us. Um, everyone who's watching at home, all the links that Alison mentioned will be down in the description underneath the video. If you have any questions, Alison, please let us know. And we do have a screening coming up in London, so I will let you know the date of that. So thank you, Robbie. It's been great to talk to you. Your questions were terrific. So. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you very much.